Amen. Glad you're with us today. Excited about what God's doing. God is doing some incredible things. All right. Awesome stuff. Not only in our individual lives as a corporate body, but what's really cool is that God's plan for your life and his purpose for you. You know, he is not trying to hide it. He's trying to reveal it. Sometimes what we do, you know, it's talking about the gospel and the light. And, and I was in a motel room the other day and uh, turned on all the lights, went around hitting all the switches. And I still couldn't see anything. You know, I felt like Todd trying to read his Bible in the dark up here. It was just like that. And I looked around the room, what is going on? And they had these big old long, thick, heavy shades over all the lamps. And, you know, they're trying to create ambiance. Probably would have been cool if Shelby had been with me. But instead, instead I had Mark down the hall. So I'm like, geez, you know, take the lampshades off. And I went around my room and popped the lampshades off so I could have light because I like to see. And I, I got to thinking about it. Here's the deal is that all of us have the light inside of us, but our belief systems are the lampshades we use to diffuse that light. And the world's out here in the dark and awesome, you know, that, that you've got, you know, your swagger and you've got your groove on. But the, the world doesn't need ambiance. They need light. And our belief systems that diffuse the light so that people outside can't really see the light are really what's messing us up. You know, Jesus came not to introduce you to a new level of life. And I know that we're, we're always trying to get to a new level. But the problem is, is that if you're already in disobedience, well, a new level of disobedience is not going to help. Right? A new level of poverty. What's that? Mo broke? Right? I was broke. Now I'm mo broke. Right? Uh, I don't need a new level. I need a new lifestyle. In Isaiah, he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. But as the rain cometh down from heaven and the snow falls in it, waters the earth, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. My word will not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish every purpose that I sent it forth. You know, the word of God watering our lives, producing, you know, God's will, God's plan, God's purpose is not to, so that we can have a new level of separation. But so we can have a new lifestyle where we're connected to God, where we're living life as God has it. That's what Jesus came, John 10, 10. I've come that you might have life. The Greek word there is zoe, Z-O-E. It's God life or life as God has it. It is, it is not a new level of life separated from God. It is a new lifestyle connected to God. See, everything changes when I shift to that lifestyle. And again, please hear me. When we talk about lifestyle, you know, what, what we want to do, by the way, we're not trying to build a church. We've got property and we, we're probably going to build buildings. And, but but hear, hear what I'm saying. We're not trying to build a church. We're trying to create a culture where God life, where Zoe lifestyle, the lifestyle of the kingdom is, is learned and developed and operated and, and, you know, hopefully spread throughout, you know, not only this region, but to the regions beyond and, you know, around the world, making a difference. Where we live a life that has insane victory. Where we have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. Where our lifestyle is an actual humiliation to hell. Where we have the ability and the backbone to look people on the job, in the eye, and tell them, my God is alive and well. And when I do what he said, he produces what he promised. Every single time. 
God is in me. He's for me. He's working through me. Hello, somebody. And I'm living a different lifestyle, which means I've got to think differently. That's why, that's why in Isaiah where he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. That's not a put down. It's an invitation up. Right? I mean, we got to live the lifestyle. How do we do it? Well, look at Matthew 6.33 real quick. We'll put it on the screen. Matthew 6.33 in the Amplified says, aim at, seek, aim at, strive after. First of all, everybody say first of all. See, here's the deal is we got to change the thing we're aiming at first. How do I live Zoe lifestyle? Well, here's what's first. And it's got to be first every day that I seek his way of doing and being right. Not my way. Proverbs 14:12 says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. Death is not dead. Death is separation. Remember the prodigal son? He was uh, away from his father, came to his right mind. He heads home. His dad says, give me a ring, give me a coat, give me some shoes, kill the fatty calf. This my beloved son who was dead is alive. Well, he wasn't dead. He was separated, right? Death is separation. Physical death is separation from the body and from your family. But we're going to be reunited one day. Why? Because our spirit's not going to die. Here's the deal. There's a way that seems right to you, but the end is separated, death, separated from God's plan. We get so hyper-focused on the way. There's a way you think everything should happen. I think it should be done this way. I, I, I believe this way. But wait, you're supposed to seek his way. You focus on the end and let him direct the way. And all of a sudden, God life begins to be produced in your life. The results, you know, I don't, I don't know how many people in my life, and yours too, I'm sure, that, that, that share with you how frustrated they are because they've tried the Bible, they've tried church, or they've tried Jesus, and it didn't work. No, you don't try Jesus. You know, it's not a secret sauce you put on your burger before you enter into the chili cook-off or something. You know, no, it's a lifestyle. It's a total different mentality. I've got to think different. And I've got to start, first of all, seeking the kingdom. See, I'm changing lifestyles. And I've got to tell you, you know, full disclosure demands that I tell you this morning that to live God life is not easy. I know. You know, I'm a preacher, guys. I, I, when I'm not here with you preaching, I look forward to going other places and preaching. I like to preach. I love, I love what I do. And I get to do it a lot. And sometimes we tell people, if you'll raise your hand and pray this prayer, you'll be happy. We don't tell them that it's only going to last about 45 minutes. Because when you get born again, your spirit's born again, but your soul's just as jacked up as it was beforehand. Your soul, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices, now we've got to go to work on that. And i got to tell you, that's not easy. Changing the way you think is not easy. Changing the way you feel is not easy. Changing the way they make your choices is not easy. But that's your soul. And the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, Romans 12. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Changing the way you think, man, is not easy. It's hard. It's difficult. But but it's got to be done. Because if you don't, all you get is a T-shirt and a bumper sticker. And you don't get the production of God's promise in your life. Well, I thought if God wanted to bless me, he'd do it. He's, he's, God is in control. You have to be careful now. And, and you, have to, you have to really get ready. You know, there's my, there's a, you know, your seat cushion will act as a flotation device if we crash this thing. You know, listen to me. 
that phrase, God is in control, is really a, a, a church cop-out. Because God is only in control in the area of your life that you have given total surrender and submission to God. If God were in control, you'd be a lot nicer than you are. If God were in control, you wouldn't be dealing with some of the issues you're dealing with. Well, why, did, why are those things here? Well, there's natural law, too. You know, if you step off the building, off the roof, you're going to go to the ground, right? It's just a natural law. That's a natural law of gravity, and it's going to happen. There are some things. You know, we are living in a world that, uh, it, that because of the fall and separation from God, you know, the curses come on the planet, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. But the reality is, is that you have been given authority and dominion. You were created in the image, in the likeness of God and given dominion and authority. And you, in order, in, in order to, to see the production of God's promise, you have to live the lifestyle of kingdom that produces the result that he promised. You've got to do it right. You've got to do it his way. Changing a belief system is one of the most difficult things you'll ever do. It sounds so simple, but it is so difficult. And one reason why it's hard for us, are you ready? One reason it's so hard for us is because we lie to ourselves. Remember James said, if you're a hearer only and not a doer of the word, you've deceived yourself. Here's the deal is that we lie and we've gotten so used to it, we don't even know that we're doing it. I'm going to ask you a question right now. And just to make this point, I'm going to ask a question and please don't respond. Now, in every service so far, I've had people who responded. Not smart. Okay. I'm telling you. Am I not? Am I, is this clear? Am I being clear? Don't respond. I think we can pull it off in this service. But if I ask this question, and again, I'm going to ask it, but don't respond. <laughs> okay. But if I ask you today, how many of you believe that reading the Bible every day is vital to spiritual growth? If I ask you to raise your hand, you know, and that was a question, do you realize that almost everybody in here would go, I believe that. I believe that. And the, the reason I don't want you to raise your hand and respond is because a bunch of you are going to raise your hand and say, I believe it. And you're a liar. So we have to have an altar call for liars. And if we did that this morning with this group in here, we don't have enough room for y'all. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you saying that sounds good and looks religious. But the reality is, is that every action is a manifestation of a belief system. So you don't, you don't actually believe it until you do it. So if you're not reading the Word of God every day, you don't actually believe it. You just say you believe it. In other words, you lie. And it's hard to change a lifestyle because we live habitually in a self-deception that keeps us separated from being the people God's called us to be and living the life that God's called us to live. We, we deceive ourselves into thinking we're all right because we're doing it our way. But we're, we, in order to live God life, we've got to seek God first. We say we believe a lot of stuff, but it's not really true. I, one day at a Ram Border Cafe in Salem, Oregon, and if you ever have the opportunity to go to Salem or some other town that has a Ram Border Cafe, do it. Ram Border Cafe is kind of like a Red Robin on steroids. The burgers are bigger, the cheese is thicker, the bacon is more peppery. It's wonderful. And sitting inside the Ram Border Cafe, eating one of those dynamically good for you cheeseburgers with cheese all over it and French fries and mayonnaise and ketchup sauce. And, and on the screens all the way around the room were, were people working out. It was an exercise show. 
And I thought to myself, this is awesome. It's like going to the gym. I could hang out in here for days. And it would be awesome because, well, they're working out. That's good. And I can watch. And I believe in, I believe in working out. And eat my cheeseburger. And wonder how come my weight's not going down. And it's like people in church. You work, you're watching other people work their salvation. But you don't change your lifestyle. And wonder why you're not getting results that the Word of God says you should get. Well, I believe. I believe that what they're doing is, is right. See, you believe that if you went to the gym, you'd lose weight. You believe in working out. Not until you actually get in the gym. You, and I know what you're going to say. No, I really do believe it. That's crazy. I can believe that working out will produce results and not go get them. Okay, so it's either your belief system or you're lazy. And you know what it really is in the body of Christ? What it really is? We're lazy. We're lazy. We have to. Man, I want to come forward and pray a prayer and get anointed with oil and you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe you know, the rivers can come, the rivers, the angels can come do the river dance in, in, in my parking lot. And, and, and my name can get written in the, in the clouds and people will, will know that the Lord has visited me and he'll fix everything that I've spent all these years screwing up. And I won't have to change anything. God can shift the entire universe and have it come into alignment with what I believe and how I think. That's not happening, guys. That's not happening. If you're going to get the... The, the, you know, the end result that being in the gym and eating right can give you, you have to participate. It's not enough to sit here and say, well, I believe it. No, you got to do it. you got to act on it. you got to seek first. It's hard because we're creatures of habit. We live habitually. And, you know, all a habit is is something that can be done without thought. So we just do it. We don't, don't even think about it. We just second age. We, boom, there it is. Shelby and I, you know, Shelby will look at me and she'll, she'll come up and she'll say, now look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. I don't know why she does this. <laughs> look me in the eyes. And she'll say, on the way home, stop at the store and get a gallon of milk. And I'll say, yes, dear. Because you know that's what I say no matter what she says. I just say, yes, dear. I will tell myself as I leave the building, get a gallon of milk. When I get to the house, I drive through the roundabout thing out in front, and I go back to the store and get the milk. Why? Well, because I want to make sure everything's cool at home first. No, because I'm living habitually. I don't know how I got to the house. I don't know what went through my mind. I don't know how many stop signs I ran going home because my mind was somewhere else, and I just ended up there. And that's what we've done. We're doing that in life. We're just going through life habitually, and, and we listen, and we see the road signs, and we see the stuff, and hopefully we don't kill anybody on our journey. But the fact of the matter is, is that week after week after week, we still have the same stuff that we've been dealing with. I run into people all the time that I saw them last year when I was there, or five years ago when I came through, and they have the same issues that they've always had. Well... That's not a very powerful, you know, demonstration of the enemy's defeat if you're dealing with the same bump that you had five years ago. You know, it takes a backbone. 
to live God's lifestyle. It takes a backbone, because not to deal with the devil, to deal with you. Because you have a tenacity in you and a willingness to call normal what God called cursed. I just start the car. Um, here's the deal, guys. See, I want to be... I, I, I want to be incredibly transparent with you and blunt. You know, I, I know a lot of people, that what they're looking for is a chaplain. You know, they're looking for somebody who can come up and, man, I know it's rough and you're going to make it and, you, you know, it's going to be okay. That, I'm, that's, I'm not that guy. We, we, we pay him to, to minister to you in those moments. You, you know, uh, he, he's not in the room right now, but, you know, he'll come back for you. And, you know, we've we got Dr. Lauren Kane, who's got, you know, the Ph.D., and he'll come and he'll minister to you. I'm, not the, I'm more like a coach, okay? I'm a, I'm a kind of get-in-your-face kind of guy. Can you imagine at halftime? And you're going in, and you are behind, and you, you, you know, the, the team that you've been playing, uh, you know, just picture the football game at halftime, and, and, and the score is 21 to 7, and this is a team that you should be destroying. Okay? You have the ability to destroy this team, but they are handing you your hiney. Can you imagine your coach saying, guys, I, I've noticed you're having a hard time. And I just want you to know it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, buddy. I know. You don't feel very good right now. Man. Shucks. I don't think so. I think, you know, at halftime, what are you thinking? What is wrong with you? Get out there and hit like you know how to hit. What are we thinking? We're getting our hiney handed to us by the enemy who was defeated 2,000 years ago. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. Destroy, not break. That which is broken can be repaired. Destroy means to, to annihilate, to render powerless. You have a defeated enemy keeping you awake at night. Why? Because you don't know God's word. You don't know what he said. You don't understand your authority. You, you, you don't realize that you are in control. You have what it takes. You know, why, why, don't, people, why don't people pray more often? Because their prayers are ineffective. Nobody likes to do stuff they ain't any good at. Especially men. You know, if a guy's just... I'm not even talking good at it. If he's just okay at it. I mean, think about it. If he can hit the ball the right direction 40% of the time, he calls himself a golfer. And he buys $1,000 worth of gear. Right? And he's got all of this stuff. And he just hits it good every now and then. We invest in stuff that we see ourselves good at. Why aren't we really praying? Well, because our prayers are so ineffective. Why is it? Well, because we tried it and it didn't work. Let me tell you when my prayer life changed. When I learned that what prayer is. Prayer is taking God's word into God's presence, getting to agreement with God on that word. That's effective prayer. Oh, 
So I went and, and I realized that this book has a bunch of promises in it. And if I take the book and the promises and I get into agreement with God in the presence of God with what God said, it, all of a sudden there's an anointing that, that is just released that begins to operate. So I took Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13. So I'm going to pray that one. Okay, there's a good one. I have strength for all things I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes to my body. So, so I go into the presence of God. Okay, I have strength. God, today I just want to, I just want to talk to you and, pray and just, just communicate with you that I have strength. I, that's me. I have strength. God, I thank you that today I have strength. I ain't got to go get it. I don't have to believe for it. I've got it. You've already equipped me. You've infused me with that inner strength already. I have strength for all things. Not some things, but all things. God, I just praise you that I have strength for all things. I really am ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ. Because you are infusing me with an inner strength. I just want And as I began to pray God's word, all of a sudden, my, the effectiveness of my prayer life began to change. And I began to realize that I can take God's word because he said I can call things that are not as though they were and I can find promises that aren't there. Father, I just thank you that Isaiah thirty-two eighteen says that my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling. So today I just thank you, Lord, that there's peace in my house and I'm going to begin to act like there's peace in my house. You know what it did? It changed the environment of our home. All of a sudden, we've got peace. You know, for nine years, Shelby ran a daycare out of the house, and there were people that would drop off their, their children, who I'm sure were demon-possessed. They, they couldn't fit in anywhere else. And, and it, within 45 minutes, that kid would just be sitting there with the rest of the kids, and everything would be calm, and, and, and you know, it was just crazy. There was one child that I remember that uh, the parents had lost a job or something. They couldn't afford daycare anymore, so they took them out. And, and after about a week, the grandparents came by and told Shelby, we will pay you whatever it takes, because when that child leaves here, it's not the same. So there was peace in our house and there's peace in our home. And you know what? When chaos comes up, we just go into the presence of God. Father, we just want to thank you again today that your word says that my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling. You know how we got good at prayer? By repeating prayer until it worked. Within 10 days, just in the last 10 days, somebody, somebody made this statement. It's talking to someone. And they made this statement, which is not, I mean, when you think about it, this is kind of a weird statement. They said, well, it's easy for you, Tom. Not everyone was born with a guitar in their hand. My mother was here last night and this morning for service. She's probably home resting now. You know, it's very difficult for women who, when giving birth, guitars come out with the babies. I was not born with a guitar in my hand. My parents would get up in the middle of the night and come in and say, please, turn it off. Put that away. We need rest. I gave up some sports in high school because I was at that point playing eight hours a day. You know, you know how you get skillful at something? You know the stuff that, you get, that you're skillful at? It didn't happen overnight. You know these kids that can skateboard and jump and, and grind and, and flip it over and do their double ollie with a twist you know, and not die doing it? Not the first time. Right? How many times has Nick come home and his, you know, half of his leg is missing and blood all over the floor and he goes, that was cool. You, you know, I, I can't even stand the plant back up. But, you, you know, it, it's, skill is developed. Look at your neighbor and say, skill is developed. Check this out. Check this out. This is kind of cool. Um, Luke 11.9. Luke 11.9. I say to you, Ask, and keep on asking, and it shall be given you. This is the amplified version. Because, see, the 
Greek language, when you study it, you know, I know King James says, ask and it shall be given. But haven't you ever wondered why that didn't work? Well, because you've got to study the language here that's really being used. This, this, this verb is, is, is a type that is it's not a singular time. It's a plural action. So ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Quit being so weak that you tried once and gave up. I said, quit being so weak that you believe God once and it didn't happen. So I guess it's not true. Well, you, you know, I, I guess healing's not for if it's God's will. I do not. If I ever get sick, which I'm not going to, but if I ever do, it, please, if you're wondering if it's God's will to heal me, I do not want you praying for me. You'll never convince me it's not God's will. Sickness is not God's plan. Listen, my father came home after radiation and chemotherapy so weak he couldn't hold his head up. He had to reach up with his hand and push his head up and sat in the chair quoting Proverbs 4.20, and he refused to die. You will never convince me that healing's not for today. And I know it's not for some. You would have had to meet my father to realize that if God would heal my father, he'll heal anybody. It, it's... Why, would, why are we so weak? We, we lose our backbone and we call normal what God's called cursed. Because we give up, cave, cave in and quit. Because we get uncomfortable. It's not easy. It's not easy. I just want to sing three hymns and get sprinkled with water. Well, you're in the wrong building unless you sit in the front row. Because every, you know, sometimes when I talk, you get sprinkled with water. And I don't want a religious ceremony. I want a life changing experience that empowers me to see again i'm not building a church i'm building a culture where what god said is true and he'll do it every single time seek and keep on seeking pray and keep on praying you know there's a few songs that as we're learning them the first time we go through it that that ain't gonna work so what do we do well we keep we keep seeking until we find the chord that's going to work, the notes that are going to be in harmony instead of discord. We, we pray until we learn how to be effective in prayer. We don't give up. because Well, it's getting hard. Look at your neighbor and say, man, it's good to be with me. Hmm. Look at Matthew 16, 24. We're almost done. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Let's, wait a minute. Let me slow down just a minute. If anyone. So what Jesus is about to teach applies to anyone who wants what he's talking about. Anyone. If anyone desires to be my disciple. So now we've got to ask, and again, this is a question you should not respond to. Do you really desire to be a follower of Christ? Because to be a follower of Christ means you're going to have to follow Christ. You're not going to get to do it your way. You know, getting together in little groups and saying, well, have you read the scripture? What does it mean to you? Well, frankly, Scarlet, it doesn't make any difference what, you, what it means to you. What did he mean when he said it? Because we've taken the Word of God and we've shaped it around our belief system. Our belief system, like I said earlier, is the lampshade that diffuses the light. You've got to get rid of that lampshade and say, God, I need to hear what you meant when you said this. Do you really desire to be a follower of Christ? 
I mean, it's going to change your life, guys. Now, you have to realize that God's promise is to bless you. The Lord has been mindful of you, the, the psalmist wrote. The Lord has been mindful of you. He will bless you. The word bless means to position, to win or succeed in any given situation. Well, you've got to understand that when you live the lifestyle of the kingdom of God, you never lose. It, it is not going to, it's not going to harm you. It's going to prosper you. But are you sure you, this is really the lifestyle you're going after? If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget his own interests. Let him take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me. Conform wholly to my example of living. Conform wholly living the lifestyle that Christ lived. If need be, in dying also. If need be, in dying. Why do you have to put that in there? I mean, if it kills you to get past your own interests. Today, you got the, you got the uh, trunk or treat flyer, right? The trunk or treat flyer, because we're going to be in a parking lot. Probably, you know, 2,000 people are going to come through the parking lot Sunday night, October 31st. We'll have cars. They'll be decorated. We'll have candy. We're already, you know, candy's starting to come in already. We're, we're getting all excited. It's going to be awesome. Believe in God for the biggest year. You, you know, Stephen's really excited right now. He's, he, he, he texted us. How many people in the last two nights? 1,905 people have given their, uh, their heart to Jesus in, in three uh, uh, performances of the nightmare. You know, where Stephen's at in Tulsa. 1,900. He's, he, he was pretty excited last night because he, he led like 60 people to Christ. He's pretty excited. You know, but you know what's really cool about that about the nightmare though is that not, not the fact that it has a budget of over two hundred thousand dollars, but that they need six hundred volunteers to pull it off. They're believing God for ten thousand souls this year. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, having a nightmare in Tulsa uh, right up through Halloween. Well, we're gonna have our things a little bit different, right? We're just being a light, no strings attached. Right? The love of God, no strings attached, just like God's love. We're out in the parking lot, and we, this will be our, what, fourth year, fifth year, fourth year doing this. And some of you guys act like it would kill you to be in the parking lot or to be carrying candy or to be participating because, well, I'm not interested in that. I don't have kids. I'm past that. You, you're missing the point. The purpose, the purpose of, of Trunk or Treat is to be a light to our community and our body ministering to the needs of, you know, and, and put, planting a seed so that somebody who's far from God might be able to become close to God. And you're going to come up with a bunch of stupid excuses why you're not going to participate and you act like it would kill you. When Jesus sat down with God and they looked at his purpose and plan for Jesus, it did kill him. And thank God he wasn't weak like us. And he had a backbone and said, I'll do it. I don't think Jesus was interested in nails. Crowns of thorn. I don't think he was interested. I think it was outside of his interests. But we have trained ourselves to habitually live and be motivated by what's good for me first. See, the fact of the matter is, look at verse 25. Look at verse 25. This is cool. Whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort and security, will lose it, eternal life. What is eternal life? That's Zoe life. How do I, we started off here, how do I live 
the lifestyle of the kingdom? Well, first of all, you seek the kingdom. His way of doing, his way of being right. First of all, first off, you seek the kingdom. And here's, the, here, here's man, I hope you know I love you. But I've got, I got to be honest with you. The first step is where most of us mess up the entire trip. Because we're so bent on our own comfort and security. If we don't like the music, if we don't like the temperature, if we don't like the tone, if we don't like the message, if we don't like, we just shift gears and go somewhere else and never give God a chance to change us from the inside out. I don't want to be in a parking lot. The wind might be blowing. I don't stay up that late. It's over at eight. We come up with all kinds of stupid deception, and this is just a great illustration, a great place for me to make my point, because I know some of you are thinking, well, I'll just buy a bag of candy, and then I've done my part. I just want to choke you out. Maybe when you wake up, you'll have some brain cells that were revived that haven't been for some time or something. Oh, we're, we're looking a community in the eyes, and we're going to find a way to make it hard to go to hell in Tri-Cities. I'm not trying to figure out how to make it hard to come to church. You're not funny. Church all my life. and they, We did. We, we, we set up hoops, and you jump through the hoops, and if it's too easy, set the hoops on fire. Now, I want to make it hard for people to go to hell. I want them to come through the parking lot and... The kids love it and look at somebody who's not afraid to be a man of God. Who, who you know, the, the, you know, my God, we can ride up on our Harley Davidson and we can park it out there. And if all you have is a Honda, it's okay. And and, and we we can we we can just you know celebrate life. Enjoy, I enjoy living for God, but I do not want to be a sissified saint, some weenie believer without a backbone that can't prove God's alive. I can prove to you, I can prove to you that God's word is true. You're going to die. No, we're going to live and declare the goodness of our king. Well, what if it doesn't work? I'm going to slap you upside the head and prove to you that it will. Yeah. It's God. God's going to change us. We've got to get past our own comfort. got to get past our own security. And the great part is, and the great part is, guys, listen to me. The more you trust God, the more ease your life is. Jesus said, hey, I'll give you a little clue. Take my yoke upon you. It's easy. Carry my burden. It's light. See, the enemy's duped you. He's, he's got you believing that if you do it God's way, it's going it's, it's to kill you. It's going to destroy you. No, it's going to bless you. Man, I tell you, you... We could go home today and find out that somebody burned our house down. Probably someone from the first service. We go home and find out somebody burnt the house down. And you know what's crazy is I know that six months from now I'll be in better shape than I was before they did. Because you don't have enough authority, enough power, enough greatness, no matter how great you are, to disrupt God's plan for my life. Opportunities come. We can make all kinds of money. We can be all kinds of places. Wait a minute. No, I want the plan of God for my life. And the only way to know the plan is to get in the Word. Live the word. Seek his way of doing, his way of being right. God, should I do this? Is this how you do it? Would you, would you move across the country because you got a $5,000 increase? Really, would you, just, just for the money, what, wouldn't you talk to God first? 
because you, you know your kids are getting connected to with, through you know through 24/7 and they're on fire for God. But you're going to move for an increase and pull your children out of. Are you sure? Shouldn't you talk to God? Aren't you going to? Here's the thing. Okay, I, I got like. Can, can I have four minutes? I'm going to take them. So just say yes. Okay. Um, what we've done is we've become inoculated to the gospel. Inoculated. It's like you know you get your flu shot. What do they give you? flu they give you just a little bit of the flu right a little tiny dab why so that your body learns to resist it and now it will it'll reject it instead of receive it and that's what we've done with the gospel we've gotten just a little tiny piece of it so that we begin to reject the rest of it and we can learn to live without it we've been inoculated we've been set up we've been set up by an enemy to fail but god sets you up to win god sets you up to win you can't lose Doing it God's way. You can't lose. So you begin to trust God. You begin to live God life. And you know what? All of a sudden, your life's getting better and better and better and better. There is no peace like you find in the Prince of Peace. I don't care how much money you have. If you don't have God, there's a storm bigger than your financial account. But I don't care how little you have. There's nothing big enough to take you out of the hand of the God who holds you. Now, he's going to increase you, and he's going to bless you, and he's going to prosper you, and he's going to set you up to win. But you've got you to just decide, I'm just going to do this God's way. I'm going to, first of all, first of all, first things, I've got to seek the kingdom. I know how the world does it. How does God do it? I know what the Bible says is foreign. And we've grown accustomed to what the world says. The world is just an opposing belief system. It's a secular you know, set of rules. It's a system of logic that's contrary to God's system of logic. I get it. I, like I said earlier, it's not easy. It's, it's not going to just, oh, I'm going to pray this prayer and get up tomorrow. No, I have to take every thought captive. I have to tackle this thing and, and grab a hold of the, the Word of God and, and not let, refuse to let go. Yeah, I've got to learn this thing. I've got to seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. But at the end, oh, baby, I can't tell you how much I love my life. I love life, God life. Jesus came to give you life, abundance, to the top, till it overflows. More life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more health than sickness. Why would we settle in for something that separates us from that? It's called a curse. Why would we call it normal and say it's okay? Let's refuse to be normal. I said let's refuse to be normal. If today were the last day I had the opportunity to speak to you, and for some of you it probably is because you've been irritated already. You'll have to forgive me, but let me say this before you leave. That what God has for you is worth the fight. I said what God has for you is worth a fight. 
I've never had a victory that had any value that didn't demand intense warfare. There have been some things in my life that I've participated in because of the fight. If there hadn't have been a fight, I probably wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? You know, it's kind of growing up, and there were times when you'd hear that challenge, somebody challenge you, and you'd find yourself involved in something you would have never gotten involved in had it not been for that one challenge. But great victory demands great battle. You can't have great victory without great battle. You can have little bitty, you know, victories with little bitty battles. And if that's what you're looking for, well, you're out of bed. But if you want an insane victory, you may have to go through an insane battle. But you're not alone. I said you're not alone. You got help. And you got God and the Holy Spirit and the Word working in your life for a head-on collision with a divine destiny where you are demonstrating Satan's defeat every day. I want to challenge you this morning. Refuse to be normal. Attack those belief systems that you've allowed to remain that give you excuses for why you're not doing what you already know God wants you to do. There's some of us in the room today, we already know God wants us living different than we do. Quit justifying your disobedience. Stop it. Knock it off. Because we don't have enough time. There are thousands of people suffering humanity. I mean, they don't have any hope. They do not have hope. They are separated from God and they are on their way to hell. And we'd better quit caring about some of the stupid stuff that we're so consumed with and realize that, you know what? If I seek the kingdom, not only am I going to be blessed, so are they. Talking about a talking about a humanity that doesn't need ambiance. They do not need your beautiful lampshade. They need the light. They need the, the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you've been called out of darkness not to cover the light, but to let that light shine through you. Amen? Close your book and let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you today that you are doing in us something that's so much greater than us. It's, you're in a position to change us from the inside out. Today, we ask you, do it. Have your will in our life right now, Lord. Father, give us something, a strength, an infusement of inner strength that causes us to, to take a look at ourself and to refuse to remain unchanged by your power. In just a moment, we're all going to pray a prayer together. This is the most important part of the service, and I'm going to ask you guys to hurry up and, and, get, and just get in, a, get in, a, in a still spot. And I want you guys bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. Would you do that? There's people in the room right now, and you're separated from God. I do not want to give you the opportunity to leave this room without a challenge to get connected to God. The love of God, which has the ability to change everything in your life. 
We're all going to pray a prayer. It wouldn't do anything to embarrass you. not going to call you out. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, Tom, I need God. Pastor, I, I, want, to be, I want to make this my prayer today. As we pray this prayer, I'm going to connect to God. I want to get real with God so God can be real in me. I don't want to play. I want to get serious. I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. Include me in this prayer. If that's you, well, no one's looking around. Out of respect for others, would you bow your head? No one's looking around. Just lift your hand up and say, that's me. I want God. Thank you. You can put it down. Somebody else. I want God today. I want to receive the love that God offers me. I'm not afraid to live for God. I'm afraid to live without Him. Anybody else? That's awesome. Anybody else? Hold your hand up and say, include me in this prayer. This is my prayer today. I want everybody to pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me vision. Give me strength, Lord. I will live for you every day. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.